Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our leadership podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Just just thank you for coming and letting us share just a little bit of our vision for the summer and just some things the Lord's really put on our hearts. And uh, just go right ahead and eat. Um, There is just, I wrote this out because I always write everything out. So if you want to look at those notes, but I just wanted to share a a word that I felt like the Lord gave me. Um, And and that is the word, prepare the church to multiply. How, How many know there's few things as positive and beautiful as a good multiplication? We just had a new grandchild. What a beautiful multiplication. Um, things that grow, the flowers multiply. Um, some hopefully compound interest. That's a real good multiplication. Lots of good multiplications in the world. But the greatest multiplication is when new disciples make new disciples. Isn't it wonderful when you see someone come to church and the next week they got someone with them? And then before you know it, there's five people there. And you look and you see, oh, there is transformation happening here. And, and this word, as many of you know, at the beginning of the year, I, was, I, I always ask the Lord for a word for that year. And so my word was multiply. That, that, that's been something I've been praying. So I read every book I can on that subject and look, underlined every verse and memorize because God's just showing me. I'm going to talk to you this year about that. And what I, I began to realize is that this was really a, a, a word for this season. Now, there's a difference between addition and multiplication. Addition is about bringing something in and adding it to you. Multiplication is about sending something out. One is bringing people to light. The other is sending the light to turn the darkness into brightness. One is from the outside in. Addition is from the outside in. But multiplication is from the inside out. It's a seed that becomes trees, that become orchards. Um, In the Bible, there were these two times when the Bible speaks especially about groups of people who went through a shift and suddenly there was this incredible multiplication. Now what's interesting, both times, it was in the middle of a problem. And we'll look at that. There was one time where Moses, the people are coming to him day and night. He's fixing things. And, uh, you know, you know, the pastor's in trouble when he's saying, God, just kill me. I can't take these people anymore. Uh, you know, that's just not the greatest attitude for, the, for a pastor. But he was so burned out. And he says, it's time for a shift, Moses. It's time for you to go from addition, doing more and more to multiplying. In this verse in Acts 6 is another time. There was a big problem. And that problem was that the church, many people got saved and they had been taking care of the widows, but but some of the widows were getting neglected and then there was division in the church. I mean, even the apostle church had problems. And and they were saying, there's racism here and why are those Hebrew widows getting food? It's just all this craziness. And again, 
God doesn't say, okay, work harder, apostles. He says, I'm going to do something called multiplication. And they identify these, these seven men, and they say, would you, would you take care of tables? Would you be willing to do this? And they ask the Holy Spirit to come. Well, two of these guys happen to be Stephen and Philip, and, you know, the rest is history. But look at this verse, Acts chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. I, I really love it. It says, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. In Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And what a beautiful thing. All of a sudden, the church just exploded. From that time on, it just exploded, went to all the nations of the world. And what, what I, I felt like is that we at a, as a church, we're in a season where I believe and I keep getting prophetic words from people um, that there is, there is coming, that even though people are hurting more than they've ever hurt, they're also hungrier than more for hope than they've ever been. There's a sense that people's hearts are just ready uh, for the gospel. I had, two, I had some a complete stranger come up and say, you don't have to listen to me. Um, but I'm just prophesying to you because when I walked in here, the Holy Spirit told me that the atmosphere of this place is something else. It's electric. And, and they said, there's not a, a, you don't have enough seats in this entire building for what God's about to do. And, and you need to go and get some wineskins ready uh, or the wine's going to all spill out and stuff. And this keeps getting confirmed over and over. And so what I believe was in this, this season, many of us, and especially I think this can easily relate to our staff, uh, it's been hard for all of us, right? If you're a parent, it's been harder to be a parent than it's ever been. If you run a business, if, you, if you're a pastor. And I can easily relate to this time of, Lord, uh, I feel like you know, the old woman in the shoe, I've got more sheep than I know what to do. You know what I'm saying already? And you're going to multiply it. But I felt like the key word is, I'm going to do it in a new way. And, and at, at the beginning of the last year, the Lord had given Sharon a prophetic word. We're, you're going to go big by going small. You're going to see that I'm going to do something that scales the work down, especially through small groups, that's going to allow the work of God to explode here. That won't even require staff. It won't even, you won't even know half of what God's doing. Because I will send out the people, and the people will be doing the ministry at such a rate, with such great anointing, that you will see it, but you'll just know it was God that's working through them. And at the heart of this is what we're just talking about tonight, which is, we got this word, prepare the 70. Now, what is the 70? So that's the other story in Numbers chapter 11. When the Lord, when Moses complains before the Lord, in Numbers 11, 16 to 17, uh, the Lord says to Moses, gather to me the 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the same upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people. And he brings these 70, and the first thing that the Spirit comes on them, they start prophesying. That sounds pretty good for tonight. Uh, we might just all start prophesying here in a minute. But the Spirit comes, and from that point on, the work of God exp expands and explodes because it's happening through the people. 
And what we felt like was to look at our church and invite, you know, we call you the 70, all right? We, we tried to look at, at the core. There's, there's others that are, that are part of that that aren't here tonight. But you know, and I have it in your notes, how we, we always strategize for four groups of people. There's the community. That's the people out there that don't know the Lord, and they walk in here on Sundays. Then there is the congregation. Those people are members of our church. And again, we've done this before. Think of it as a target, all right? And it's concentric circles. And then there's the committed ministers. Those are people, not only members, but they're serving in the church. And then there's the core. There are those people that God wants to raise up, and I call them multipliers. There's multitudes, members, ministers, and multipliers. And I declare over you that you are a multiplier, all right? Now, what the Lord said is it's easy to think of starting from the outside in. It's easy to say, we got to go reach the people. There's so many people without Jesus, and that's true. But what we learn from these lessons, the way that you reach the multitude is by you focus in on the core. And, and you turn them into the, the multipliers to take a few who win a few. In fact, I was looking again in our Constitution and it just says the purpose of heart for the world is to multiply transform followers of Jesus who multiply transform followers of Jesus. <laughs> to multiply uh, people being transformed and then so changed on the inside that the people around them get changed. So what happens? If you change your family, then it's going to change. And if, if there's enough change in your family, guess what? It's going to affect your neighborhood. If it affects your neighborhood, it's going to affect your community. If it affects your community, it's going to affect your state. If it affects your state, it'll affect America. If it affects America, it will affect the world. But it always starts as a seed. One person changed, changing one person who changes, who lights the candle, who creates a domino effect. And so one of the reasons, I just thank you so much for being here. Someone was asking and you know, and, and again, I totally understand. They were saying, well, I don't know if I'm ready to come back to church. You know, we're doing really well, and we, we like watching it. And, you know, we, we can worship great at home. And, you know, and again, and, and, and there's legitimacy for some. But I said, you know, can I tell you, you are a multiplier. Can I tell you about people like you? When you feel like you need it the least, someone else needs you the most. Because... You've got your life together. Not one person in this room is going to probably fall away from God if you stay home and worship God on your TV or whatever. But there are thousands and thousands that without a spiritual parent, they won't find their way. They don't have the grounding. They don't have the, they just don't have what it takes. They're, they're still babies and you can't leave babies in the mall. And so what, what you being here tells me is that you are seeking significance, not just success. You are one of those who pray, like I like to pray the Lord's Prayer, which is, Lord, not what I can do for you, thy kingdom come, but what you want me, what you want to do through me for others. I try to pay, pray that every day. Lord, when I come today, I'm not coming with my agenda. Let your kingdom, I'm saying, Lord, not what I want you to do for me, but what do you want to do through me for somebody today? That's significance. And, and that's why I believe the way that we 
the, the shepherd, the people, is to start with the spiritual moms and dads. And how many like being a spiritual mom and dad? I believe that's what God's called you to be, uh, to raise up a generation of new leaders. So what I want you to see this strategy is that as pastors and staff, the strategy is how can we invest our lives in the 70? How can we shift, uh, I, I, like, like Moses had to do, and like, Peter and those apostles had to do from being the ministers to being the intercessors. You know what, what Peter said? I'm, we're, God doesn't want us to neglect the word of God in prayer. It's not that it's bad to go wait, watch tables, but, but the apostolic role is, is someone's got to be interceding and, and we got to grow in the word so that we can feed the flock, you know? I mean, it's, it's better if, the NBA player plays the game than the coach. You know, it's better if the coach coaches and the players play. And so the idea is how can we in every way possible focus on, on helping uh, what, what I would look to you all as, as frontline uh, pastors, leaders, spiritual parents. How can we help you um, become the frontline of ministry? And back you up and cheer you on every way we can. Um, you know, the Lord showed me, how will I define success? When, when the ministry explodes and it doesn't take any help from the staff, then you're multiplying. <laughs> In other words, you're sitting around and, 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 and all these people are saved and all these people are, are just growing. And God, where did you come from? Oh, you know, uh, Zach picked me up. I was on the street and he got me saved and cleaned up and I, he's already discipled me and he hasn't introduced me to you yet, but I, I want to at least know who you are, you know. But the, the idea is multiplication is now happening. It's happening everywhere. That's revival. And, and I have a vision. And again, the vision is that everyone in this room, <laughs> in some way, you would become an elder deacon pastor, missionary, planter, that you would become one of those things in the Bible that, that Timothy and all those books talk about, that those who seek or desire to be an elder desire something noble. In other words, they're willing to say, I'd like to invest my life in taking more responsibility for the church of God. And, and that's my hope, is that many more. Because what I know is if that happens, if we multiply will reach our city faster and bigger. So if I was to say the focus of this night, the vision is helping the 70 become apprentice, apprentice leaders, uh, under shepherds, uh, Elisha's to an Elijah, you know, a, uh, a Timothy to a Paul, a Paul to a Barnabas, a Ruth to a Naomi. Um, to begin to raise up people to come alongside of, of some, and some of you in here are the generation that's already been discipled and, 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 and are ready to take on, you know, the, the spiritual grandparent role and help parents multiply and minister to the next generation. And so how, how does that look? We believe the key to our 
multiplication is life groups and dream teams. Life groups can be all kinds of things. They can be recovery groups. They can be our Bible studies. They can be uh, what we're going to talk about as a big focus, community groups that are meeting in homes. But um, dream, dream teams are what we call, you know, dream teams. We have external ones. They go out and love Las Cruces to life. We need hundreds of more of those, you know, people who go into our community as a team to meet some need in Jesus' name. And then dream teams are also kids' church, uh, greeters, and so forth. Um, the people that lead these are that core. And that's what we're talking about today. We have a vision that the Lord really is saying that the, the, the focus of the church after this pandemic really needs to go uh, to the front doors of either, you know, maybe it's a restaurant or it's hopefully it's many living rooms all around. Here, here's a vision I have. It's that we're not going to be a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups because only cells multiply. And if cells are healthy, they will multiply forever. So how do we scale this down? I, I see the day where our small groups will be doing encounter treats. Our small groups will be doing water baptism. Our small groups will be going on mission trips. Our small groups will be doing what the big church has been doing so that it multiplies hundreds and hundreds of times. I believe with all my heart that the Lord, many of you know the call of Heart for the World Church uh, when we started. It was this deep passion. Jesus, you are worthy of a church that changes the whole world. And I will give the rest of my life so that you get the kind of church that exists for people, not only here, but around the world. And Jesus, to make you worthy, to make you famous in the lives of people, we're going to have to send a lot of people. That's why we say we measure success not by our seeding capacity, but by our sending capacity. And we say things always like our vision is to always send our best. So if you get sent from here, it's not because we got tired of you. <laughs> Whoa, it's time to send that brother. No, it's, it's because you're the best. And we only give our best. I don't know if that's a Hallmark card or something. I don't know. Anyhow, we only give our best. And so when we send a Hunter and Liz or others in the 20 youngest, brightest, college-age youth future we have to Atlanta, we're not just crazy, we're obeying Jesus. And, and so this, this becomes a passion. Well, how does that happen? I believe it happens through a process that cells become, uh, cells become communities, that become congregations. The next thing you know, they can be church plants. They can be missionary teams that multiply. And, and I believe that the Lord told me a word that within two years, the heart church will be meeting in two other places in this town besides what we do in other, in other areas and cities. So... Someone in this room right now <laughs> will be planning your Sunday morning to lead a church somewhere in, within the next two years, if, if what I heard the Lord say is what it's right. Again, the core is that we become a church that celebrates on Sunday but becomes family during the week. Acts 2, 46 to 47 is another defining verse. It says, so they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. You know, when we multiply, the Lord adds. 
and people got saved every single day. The church impacted their city. So it becomes that church we celebrate together. Why? So we can go out, you know. As we described, Sunday morning is like halftime huddle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now go play the game. (laughs) But we win the game out there. We don't win it on Sunday. We win it when we go from house to house and when we influence our neighborhoods and communities. And so this is our vision. We become a family so we can become a force. We have a process, and it's our growth track. It's everything, how strangers can become friends, and then friends become family, and then family go out together. One can put to flight a 1,000, but two can put to flight 10,000, and they become a mighty force. Our vision is to prepare so that people think, when they think of being a kingdom family, they don't just think of coming to church on Sunday. What they think of is their small group. That's what they think. Oh, I'm a part of a kingdom family. Yeah, yeah, I go every week over to, uh, to, to, to our home fellowship, and that's where we live this out. And so kind of our vision for August 22nd is back to church Sunday, and we're going to go crazy every social media thing we can to say, just come to church, just come one time, you know, just, just come, you know. I don't know if I'm offering any kind of lottery or anything. But anyhow, we're just going to encourage them to come. But they're coming. But then we're going to say, hey, church, I'm glad you're here. Now, church is really going to happen at 4 o'clock this afternoon because we got 20 houses in every part of Las Cruces waiting to be your family. So you haven't finished church yet. So. We're going to have some good food over there and good food. Someone's doing a barbecue over there and see if we can't get hundreds and hundreds of people into homes and reshift the thinking of what Heart for the World family is into my small group, my family that I do life with and that I know personally. That's going to be our, our goal. The, uh, the plan and strategy, and, and this is the training side for the summer of 2021. And uh, I'm calling it change the world one table at a time. And it's this idea that we will, we want to pour into our core by bringing people who are, who are willing to be apprenticed around with someone who's been here established, who has the, who has the grounding and values and to learn together around the table just the core heart of our mission. Kind of focused on what I'm teaching right now, but on what, what, what I believe is the core that we want to multiply. You know, multiplying is good if you multiply the right thing. But if you multiply complainers, what do you get? <laughs> More complainers. Not that there's any in here, but if you multiply encouragers, what do you get? <laughs> You get millions. And unfortunately, many churches don't multiply the right DNA. They, they multiply selfish agendas and, and other little issues. And when you multiply people who won't let go of their issues, you get a bunch of issues in the church. So that's not the goal. The goal is how do we get people on the same page so the DNA and the heart, I, I'm absolutely convinced that if we walk in one heart, one purpose, one spirit, God will bring revival. Do you believe that? 
I mean, it's all in there. You know, how good and pleasant when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There God has commanded his blessing. There God will pour out. And so it's, it's more than a bunch of skills. That's, that's completely secondary. It's a heart. Someone said two are better than one if they have the same heart. <laughs> two can make more messes than one if they have bad hearts, right? But if they have the same heart, they become unstoppable and amazing. So this was the idea that we would, we would begin to just take a six-week between June 23rd and July 28th and just see for whoever could, could we hang out together at like a table like this? Now, the two key words for us are relationship and transformation. I think the word I got, relationship plus transformation leads to multiplication. I believe that the way disciples are made, they're made through relationships. They're made through spiritual fathers and mothers. They, they, aren't, they aren't made in a, in a school classroom. They're made in a life, shoulder rubbing shoulder. I like this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. When Paul is talking to his protege, he says, You therefore, my son Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you saw and heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice he says, things that you saw and learned in the presence of many witnesses. You know what he's saying? Timothy was hanging out with Paul. <laughs> and he was watching as Paul, you know, went and bought his groceries. And he was watching as Paul... Uh, sat down with somebody. He was just with him. And, and when he was with he said, you know, by being with me and seeing me and, and hearing me, now you go and do that. <laughs> That's your seminary. And so this idea of a table, I believe if you study tables in the Bible, ta people coming to a table always represents people coming into community, pe people coming into oneness. I don't know, if you want to do an interesting study, I, I was doing it, do, study tables in the Bible. <laughs> but, I mean, you won't believe in Jesus' ministry. Let's just go Jesus' ministry. The Lord's Supper. You know, Mary washing his feet. It happens at a table. Jesus washing feet. Uh, the road to Emmaus. Now they hear the word, but when does transformation happen? They're sitting at a table breaking bread. And suddenly, oh. <laughs> They're transformed. This idea is, to me is so beautiful. You know, you can use a circle, you can use whatever, but the idea, when people come to the table, they lay their day aside, they become a family. And so this is the concept of relationship, coming to a table. And then the other word is transformation. And that's kind of what I'm preaching a lot about. And that basically says that transformation means we come into community with an openness to be changed and challenged. It means that we're willing to, to be not just friends, but we're willing to let truth come into our relationship. We're willing to open the hood, say, guys, yeah, that's, that's in there, and that's in there. Okay. See, how many know until it gets there, it's not real? I can quote you a million verses, but I'm not transformed. But when it gets to, I'm at the table, and 
I'm talking about the hurts that I went through. Uh, I believe, in, and I'm going to teach on this in the training a little more later, but I believe three things you want to happen. Uh, I like to say it is how I won, how I lost, and how I choose, you know. <laughs> How did, how did you win this week? Oh, thank God. How, okay, but go ahead and tell us how you lost. Ooh, you really struck out there, brother. Whoa. See, if you don't get to that level, it's just religion. But then you go from there, but now I choose by the grace of God with you praying for me. This is the person I'll be this week. Now you're getting into transformation. That's where uh, discipleship occurs that's where you do, see, I like tables because that's where mothers and fathers train spiritual children. <laughs> it's at the table. It's relationship. And so, again, the plan, as I just said, if, if you'd like to participate, is that what we'll do in a couple of weeks is the idea that we are going to invite you. And so on your table, there is a little uh, kind of an... I don't know what we call it in spiritual inventory application on screen, whatever it is, but, but it's, it's gonna, it's gonna do two things because part of the transformation journey is what I'm preaching on, which is, um, what, what is the sphere and the calling and gifting? The one thing I mentioned, didn't mention that I want to mention is that one of the, the ways that transformation multiplication have is when you're discipled by people who have the same or similar calling as you when you are with someone if if your major calling right now is to be a mom or a dad you know if that's if family is the main focus of your life right now um, then it would be awesome if you were with someone else whose focus was dad mom because you're going to learn the most by being in the same game together so one of the reasons that I'm going to preach on it Sunday was just we look at you know what is the sphere that you're called to are you a, and then what is the gift that you're most prominently uh, to be used to make your biggest difference. So again, hopefully that becomes worship leaders want to hang out and people who are called to the marketplace. We get people who are supposed to be uh, marketplace leaders, being in a mentorship role, people who are medicals or healers, that's their goal or education or, or people who are intercessors. Or So part of this was Instead of these tables being based on, here's some tables you come to. Um, this is a place where you get chosen to come to your table. <laughs> we, we take those applications and we look and we suggest, would you be willing to spend six weeks uh, with these people? Because I think you're going to learn the very most from, you know, if you're called, if kids were your anointing, uh, ministry, then maybe you'd like to be with Sharon, who's taught kids for 40 years. So th these would be the ways we would look at those kind of things. Um, the uh, That's the inventory. So the idea would be, the goal would be that for these groups, this is not trying to get everybody in the church involved, although they can join tables, but the focus of it would be to get staff or people who have, have been here for a long time, grounded, they, they've been in our ministry and and to get them with the 70 that's the the biggest goal just to spend uh these six hours together so that we really you really know someone who you know you may not ever spend a uh, hundred hours with me but there's people in this room that spend a hundred hours with me if you spend a hundred uh, six hours with them you'll know me real well because we're all connected so it's kind of working in that idea and um 
And then the other idea would be, we uh, again, I'm just preparing simple materials that re- reflect the, the heart of our church. So we're going to, you know, you think of things like in the book of 1 Timothy where it talks the qualifications of a deacon and elders. Well, we're going to talk about the heart things like integrity, like list, how you listen to someone's story, how you, how you show unconditional love, what it means to forgive and be a requisite. Everybody who becomes a leader means you're going to have to make, you're going to have to break up fights. So you got to learn how to be a good peacemaker. So we're going to talk a lot about how you help people resolve hard issues, things like that that really relate to shepherding and leadership and more than the some big skill thing, but more heart and character. And, and the goal of all of that is that come August, that by then many of you for next year would be able to, to lead groups, however those look, or, or dream teams, and do this all over again <laughs> with the next seventy. Does that make sense? And so that's what I had on my heart to share with you tonight. All right. And uh, thank you all. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.